This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Heart. That sounded way too low. Let's do that again. 42, 68, 69. Heart. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Nothing personal. Word of the day. We're talking about the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson today because a big announcement came out big. I, if you're having your fantasy drafts and your PPRs, and your PPOs and your MFOs, then you probably know that Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans who may or may not win seven out of 17 games having what, who is arguably, I could argue it, but I don't feel like it today, a top five quarterback in all of football. We've talked about Deshaun Watson over the months. He's got about 22 civil lawsuits against him for inappropriate action toward women He's got criminal investigations taking place. The same thing that happened with Bauer, where evidence is being put together and the district attorney will have to decide if any criminal charges will be filed against Deshaun Watson. And you know what else we have that's similar to the Bauer case? Nothing. The NFL hasn't done a thing. Where are you, Roger? What are you doing? Deshaun Watson is on the active roster of the Houston Texans. He will be a healthy scratch until further notice. Texans didn't want to trade him, didn't get what they wanted, maybe. Maybe the NFL could not give any indication as to what you'd be acquiring, how long will he be suspended, if he'll be suspended, what would the charges be if they're brought, Will he be suspended during the pendency of a criminal proceeding? Will he be suspended during the pendency of a civil proceeding? You can't do that or people would be suspended left, right, and center with the number of civil proceedings that go on. But in this particular instance, the NFL has an opportunity to make a statement and they chose. Are you worried you lost power? Are you? They chose. Let me say it again. Nothing. Zero. Nary. A move. Not like MLB, which gave cover to the Dodgers by putting Bauer on administrative leave. So Bauer gets paid but doesn't pitch out of the clubhouse, not going to practice, gone, disappeared. Deshaun Watson hovers over that team like a thunderstorm waiting for a lightning bolt to crack. And the Texans go into a season looking as their best player doesn't play wondering why their best player is in uniform or if he's in uniform and they're okay with him being in uniform, why he's not in the huddle. I was trying to think about Roger Goodell and what his reasoning would be in 
not giving the Texans cover, what his reason would be for not putting him on the suspended list. Don't say union. Do not tell me that there's nothing going on with Deshaun Watson because of the NFL Players Association, because that, say it with me on three, is horse hockey. Even the union in baseball knows better than to back Trevor Bauer and not let him be put on administrative leave, which, by the way, was extended again. As I told you, it will be extended until he's suspended. The NFL Players Association would never underscore in a million years get in the way of the NFL and Roger Goodell suspending Deshaun Watson. The union's job is to protect its constituents, protect its players, not to set precedent in any way when they're negotiating contracts, when players are negotiating buyouts, when they're trying to move from team to team or change their incentives. All of the things that happen within the four corners of a contract, the union will fight to the death to protect it. Even if they don't agree, they'll fight to protect it. When it comes to lascivious, prurient, and generally illegal, disgusting behavior, the unions are less apt to take a stand. They understand PR. They understand the business they're in, the licensing money they get. How many people want to be associated with Deshaun Watson right now? Other than the desperate teams who stink, who want to take advantage of possibly getting a quarterback and are willing to look the other way, and there are none. Who's going to take a stand? The teams follow in the footsteps. They, they're in the shadow of Roger Goodell in the NFL. They're looking at him like you look at your daddy. Daddy, what do I do? Talk to me, oh, great one. Sitting up there like the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain, arms folded, knees to the chest, silent. So as the NFL begins, week one starts in two days. There's a game in two days, a regular season football game. And there will be zero update on Deshaun Watson. So thinking about that, I have a solution because I'm not just going to present a problem. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. Before the Texans announce that Tyrod Taylor, not exactly Joe Namath, that's an old reference, not exactly Patrick Mahomes, that's an unfair reference, not exactly Ryan Fitzmagic. How about that? Getting all excited, starting season ticket holders, excited for the season to begin, wondering what could be with the Texans. If I'm the NFL, I hold a press conference, a preseason press conference. Commissioner does this in baseball. Sort of a state of the state, state of the sports, state of the union. We've really struggled with this decision because we understand the great constitutional concept of innocent until proven guilty. However, we have been investigating this and continue to investigate the behavior of Deshaun Watson. And we will not tolerate our league being associated with this type of behavior. 22 people have come forward at the minimum. We've interviewed 16 of them. We do not have the rules of evidence. We do not have 
any of the rules in terms of subpoena and what you would find in a court of law. However, as a league, we decided that it would be inappropriate for Deshaun Watson to be in an NFL uniform until these issues have been solved slashed litigated. The reason why we've stayed quiet for so long is we were scared. We were scared of you, our fans. We were scared of all of the fantasy and the gambling and the money that you spend so that we can be a multi-billion dollar revenue machine. We were scared that you would think we were rushing to judgment. We were scared that you thought there was a racial component. We were scared in general because as the NFL, we do anything we can to keep your focus on the field. Domestic abuse will have the players switch teams. Murder, you're a Hall of Famer, it'll be okay. Bad behavior during a massage, we'll wait. We'll see. I had a bunch of wait to sees about Deshaun Watson. One was that he wouldn't be traded. He's not going to be traded. One is that he'd play this year. I have to get the dates on those, Matthew. Coca. He's not going to play. In the prime of his career, Deshaun Watson of the Houston, Texas, is going to miss a year, not even because he's suspended, because the Texans did the right thing and sacrificed current wins and current money in order to do what they thought was right. Owners don't often do what's right. They do what's convenient. They do what's financially prudent. We're going to talk about that later in the show, actually. Here's an example of a baseball owner who's doing something financially prudent, but not very popular. Heart is the word of the day because deep in the heart of the Texas, things go on that make me say, hmm, not sure I want to be a part of that state, go to that state, visit that state. Get ready for the NFL season, folks. It's going to be quite exciting. You know, the seriousness of Deshaun Watson and that case is only one. Oh, okay, Coca, thank you. You're a little late, but I do want to go back to that. Here we go. Number one, January 11th, 2021 was a wait to see that Deshaun Watson will not get traded. The season starts on Thursday. That was way back in January. That's a yes. The second Deshaun Watson wait to see is on February 3rd that he won't sit out one game. Do you remember when he was threatening? I want to be traded. I don't want to be here. I may not go to training camp. I may not play in a game. And I said, that's wrong. He will not sit out one game. That's a yes. There's a May 14th, 2021 about Deshaun Watson. Wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But we'll revisit it. We said none of these cases will go to trial. That is still open. We're only September 20th right now. What, what is today? We're only September 7th right now. So we're still going to leave that one open. But the new Deshaun Watson wait to see to make it four. We're doing a wait to see on this. Deshaun Watson will not play one game for the Houston Texans, and he will not be suspended for one game either. He will be an all-season-long healthy scratch. 
It's pathetic, Roger, and you know it. I've been struggling as a middle-aged white man of privilege, trying to keep up, trying to understand, trying to do what's right in the face of so many opportunities to do what's wrong, trying to understand what our society is evolving into, trying to be a part of social media. When I was with the Marlins, I did not have a Twitter account. I did not have an Instagram. I was not on Facebook. I didn't do anything related to social media. When I left the Marlins, which is my way of saying after many, many years of therapy, when I left the Marlins, I started a Twitter account. And we together have been building the Twitter account and the Twitter following. And you follow me at David P. Sampson. Thank you. Or Instagram. Or you even email me sometimes. And uh, I got to understand that social media is a great way of interacting with listeners of Nothing Personal and with people who you don't have a chance to meet necessarily. But you're interested in what they have to say. You're interested in what they think. You can't respond to everyone but you try. What I wasn't aware of when I got into the social media game was the amazing negativity that happens, the amazing level of cyber courage that exists, the amazing anger that exists with people that gets manifested through replies to tweets or quote tweets or comments on an Instagram page. The risk of letting people into your life, of showing them private moments, can be outweighed by the pain that is caused by people reflecting on those moments. Pain that can be because of jealousy, pain that can be because people are hold you in contempt for something you've done, not something you're doing. Maybe it's holding you in contempt for something you're doing, not for what you've done. There's an entire rainbow of reasons that people use social media to spread vitriol. I spent much, much time talking to players about this because I was shocked that players had a different view than I did. And my view was, I don't care. I was built of armor. I was robotic. And when I was running a team, I would talk to the players who would sometimes indicate that they were upset by something or struggling with something. And my response was, why can't you be like me? Put a shell over yourself, put an armor over yourself and ignore it. Just ignore it. It's as though it doesn't exist if you ignore it. There's a great philosopher that says the only thing that exists is what you see in front of you. And when you turn your back to it, it ceases to exist and then reappears when you look at it again. I'm going back to 1988 in college, and I cannot remember which philosopher that was, but it was a philosopher. I always want to say it's Immanuel Kant, but it's not. It's definitely not John Stuart Mill. I can't remember who it is. But that was my view of everything. If I'm not looking at it, if I'm not engaged with it, it does not exist. It's almost the centerpiece of narcissism. Maybe sociopath of which I don't believe I'm either. As a matter of fact, I take those tests in the magazines all the time, and I'm at least two to three traits away from both, which means I'm safe. 
And the players would explain that it can be hard to read the things we read. Talked to D Gordon many times about some of the things he would hear regarding the fact that he is black. Just staggering to me. Talked to pitchers who get rocked and read. They read to me some of the things that are written because they had bet on the game or they're a fan of the team. Didn't think much about it. Started nothing personal. Started working at CBS. Started on social media. Started getting some comments. And it didn't mean anything to me. They rolled off my back. But if the years have passed as I've begun the therapeutic process of my shell coming undone one tiny, tiny piece at a time, waiting for someone to pierce that opening with hurt and hatred and anger and sadness, all the things I was trying to protect myself against. I'm finding that sometimes I read things that impact me more than they used to. I'm not sure anymore whether that is a trade worth making. There are benefits to losing your shell. There are benefits to opening yourself up emotionally, to allowing yourself to be loved and to love and to be happy. But there's a tremendous downside. Sports fans, people in politics, mostly sports and politics, feel as though they have the right to say things and do things that they don't have the right to say or do that they would never allow to be said or done to them or about them. There's a tournament going on in New York right now, a tennis tournament, the U.S. Open. Huge, obviously a Grand Slam. Djokovic is trying to win the Grand Slam, first time since 1969. But I was struck by Shelby Rogers and Sloan Stevens, two women's tennis players who lost their recent matches. And the first thing they wanted to talk about and this is all in the wake of Naomi Osaka losing a match and saying, I'm taking a break from tennis. I need help and I'm going to get it. Shelby Rogers and Sloan Stevens went public saying the bullying that they get when they lose a tennis match is almost too much to believe. When you have to release a statement that says I'm human after last night's match, I got 2000 or more messages of abuse and anger from people upset by yesterday's result. It's so hard to read messages like these, she said, but I'll post a few so you guys can see what it's like after a loss. I gotta read you one of these. I promise to find you and destroy your leg so hard that you can't walk anymore, Sloan Stevens. Fixers and corruption like you must be banned forever and in jail. I hope you enjoyed your last moments on the court today. And those weren't even the bad ones. A bunch of people said to Sloan Stevens, you ought to get raped. Sending emojis of monkeys. Do you deserve to have so do we deserve to have social media and the benefits of social media? If the result is that there are people out there who cause this pain to people. Even if <laughs> I was thinking about what kind of people would do that, obviously, it's a bunch of incels, right? Incels are people 
look it up if you don't know what those that is. Coca taught me that word. I'd never heard it before. And then it made sense to me learning what an incel was and why incels do the things they do. And I'd like to dismiss the people who are giving these comments just as incels when the fact of the matter is there's those who say these things and mean these things who aren't incels. What are they? What is it about the human condition that gives you the right to bully someone? I was watching a movie recently about bullying, about teen suicide, what it leads to. As a matter of fact, I know exactly what it was. It's something I'm watching right now and we'll review. I can't think of the name though. But I remember in my head and I wanted to talk to you today because I want you to do one thing for me. We'll give you 45 minutes a day. I love you guys. I really do. But for me, I want to know, do you laugh when you see it? Do you smile when you see these comments? Do you dismiss it when you see these comments? Do you ignore it when you see these comments? Every one of those is wrong. We can't sit back. And this is not me dreaming. This is not me being, oh, preachy. Oh, I can't believe we've people say mean and racist things. I can't believe there's racist. I can't believe there's misogynist. I can't believe there's incels. It's not me being innocent or unsophisticated. It's me wondering how you sit back and laugh or read or do not empathize, sympathize, and then work toward a world where it doesn't happen. When your sports hero loses a game, it is well within your right to boo. It's well within your right to send a message saying, man, you suck today. I'm angry you lost. I bet $100 on you and I lost. It is not all right to bully on social media thinking they're celebrities, they're rich, they're tennis players. I have never met a rich person who doesn't get impacted by these statements. They just say they do, like I used to. I've never met an athlete who actually ignores and dismisses the booze the way I tell you they do, because they hear it. These athletes, these celebrities, the people who we deify for no particular reason, other than a skill that they have that we don't have, while they're not deifying you for the skill that you have, whether you work in a factory or a lawyer or a doctor or a student or a teacher or whatever you are, we view them as more than human. My message to Shelby Rogers and Sloan Stevens is I hear you, I'm sorry for you, and I will not stand by and have this happen when I see it when I can do something by blocking, by reporting, by having a conversation with the person, I don't care if I have to sleep 10 minutes a day, I'm gonna make that my goal. I'm sorry, Shelby, and I'm sorry, Sloan. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. How you doing? Thank you for making it through the gauntlet. <clears throat> it was a bit of a serious start to the show because it's a serious world we live in. I appreciate truly. I, first of all, Coca, I cannot believe what is happening right now. I want to explain. We're, we're taking a, a, a total detour right now. Uh, we do this show and I watch a lot of movies. I watch a movie a day, but I watch more than that. Sometimes I watch a bunch of shows. I choose what I'm going to review as part of nothing personal. And Coco will say, I didn't like that movie. I didn't see that movie. I don't care about the movie. I won't watch that movie. I love that movie. And then I will work with Coca the night before the show and the morning of the show. And then I'll review everything that's going to be talked about, but I've got notes only. I've got topics with, with times next to them. I don't know where the conversation is going to go. I didn't think about with Shelby Rogers and Sloan Stevens, which we discussed before the break, that that was going to lead to bullying and that I, that was going to be in my head that there was bullying and that I'm watched or I'm watching or have watched a movie that relates to bullying. And I couldn't think of it. We go to break. You listen to commercials. Thank you. And then I'm about to review today a movie called Joe Bell. Joe Bell stars Mark Wahlberg, whose son is dead, having taken his own life because he got bullied for being gay. And this is a true story. It's amazing how the brain works, Coca. I was thinking about Joe Bell the whole time. Joe Bell is a movie starring Mark Wahlberg, who plays Joe Bell, who walked across America in order to draw attention to the fact that his son, who had the courage to come out as gay, son's name was Jaden, but couldn't handle the bullying, shouldn't have had to have handled the bullying, had a father who felt as though he had done wrong because his son was gay. News alert, you don't do anything wrong when your child is gay, like you don't do anything right when your child is heterosexual. You do right by your child, by how you react to who your child is, by embracing who your child is, by loving who your child is, even if that child represents something that you do not agree with, appreciate, or ever wanted to have happened to your child. And you dismiss it, of course, parents of LBGTQ plus children always say, the issue is I don't want them to have a difficult life. That's what they say to cover up the fact that they just don't want, in many cases, to have a child who is not quote unquote normal. And I put that in quote because it's the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. I'm normal because I like to have sex with a woman instead of a man as a man. That's what makes me normal or not normal. The movie catalogs Joe Bell's struggle to deal with the way he dealt with his son and felt as though he had no choice 
but to tell his wife, Connie Britton, played by Connie Britton, that he was going to walk across the country. And when he walks across the country, you find a lot of people in this country, like the Nothing Personal Road Trip, which we're going to do again, where you meet people that don't look like you, don't think like you, don't talk like you, and don't judge you for your failings. There's a guest star turn by Lieutenant Dan, Gary Sinise, who plays a sheriff of a town in Utah, no less, but it could be Colorado, but I think it's Utah. And the interaction between the sheriff and the dad, Mark Wahlberg, is memorable and important. Given what we talked about with Shelby Rogers and Sloan Stevens, I really hope that you'll watch Joe Bell. It's not a great movie. It is not an Academy Award contender. There is no performance in the movie that you will say, wow. But the subject matter of the movie and the growth of the character of Joe Bell as manifested by Mark Wahlberg is tremendous. And here's a spoiler alert. Just watch to the end. All right, Coca, we got another segment coming up right now. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson comes from a movie called Half Baked. If you are a longtime listener of Nothing Personal, you know the best way to watch Half Baked is fully baked. But if by chance you don't partake in the leaf, then you could just watch it one eighth baked. There's a character named Samson. People want to talk to him. We answer your questions. Get on Twitter at David P. Samson. Hit follow. Even if you don't have a Twitter account, just start a Twitter account. Even if you're a bot. Because again, Coca needs nothing personal in me to get more followers. Can you explain why the Atlanta Braves signed Charlie Morton to a one-year $20 million deal today? What a simple question. No. Hi, David. Love your show. I like those. That's always a good way to get on the show. But just to let you know that even when you don't compliment me and your question is of interest to me, it's going to make it on the show. Charlie Morton was the pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays last year who was not re-signed. There was an option on him for, say, $20 million, $15 million, whatever the case may be. And Tampa declined the option because they were reallocating their payroll elsewhere. They were trading Blake Snell because they were lowering their payroll and reallocating it. Tampa's going to win 100 games and could easily be the best team in baseball. Along with the Dodgers and Giants, I'd say it's pretty close. So I said when Charlie Morton went to Atlanta that I love the pickup by Atlanta. However, if you're expecting him to be this postseason godlike pitcher that he had been, he's getting older now. 37 years old, he'll be pitching this, this year. Meanwhile, Atlanta's in first place. They're without Acuna. They're without Ozuna. They're without Soroka, their best pitcher. And Morton has been an anchor of a staff and has won 13 games for a fourth year in a row. And I'm watching the transactions, which I old habits die hard. I watch the transaction page. I used to watch, that's, that's an old reference, transaction pages in the newspaper used to have box scores, used to have standings, and then you'd have transactions. The Tampa Bay Rays 
waived Charlie Morton, did not pick up the option on Charlie Morton. The Atlanta Braves signed Charlie Morton. Well, yesterday's transaction is the Atlanta Braves gave him $20 million for one year. Where did that number come from? That's going to be the qualifying offer next year. Do you remember what a qualifying offer is? When you are a free agent in baseball and you've not been traded in that particular year, but forget the little tiny side notes of the rule. The general rule is when you play for a team and you are going to be a free agent and you end the season playing for that team, like Charlie Morton would end the season playing for the Braves, the Braves have two choices with their player who's going to be a free agent. One, three choices. That's funny. The first choice, you can re-sign him to a contract. The second choice is you can just not re-sign him and he's free to sign anywhere he wants. The third choice is that you can give what's called a qualifying offer. A qualifying offer is when you make a one-year deal and it's by formula according to what the highest salaries are in the game, but it's been between 17 and it goes up every year. Last year was 19.6, I think, but I could be off by a few hundo K. And what's that amongst friends? But the odds are that the way the formula is that the qualifying offer in 2022 would be 20 million. And so you offer that player a qualifying offer, and then that player can either reject it and say, bye-bye, I'm going to be a free agent and get a multi-year deal, or I'm going to sign a one-year deal for more than this qualifying offer. And if the player rejects it, then the team gets an extra draft pick. And those are very important for teams. They want the draft picks. Or the player can accept the qualifying offer like Kevin Gausman did with San Francisco. You go back and play for your team that you were on one year for that amount of money, and then you are a free agent again the next year, but you cannot be given a qualifying offer again. Under the current deal, you can only be given a qualified offer once. The reason for that is agents like Scott Boras believe that having a qualifying offer attached to you means that you will not get as much money from a team signing you because when you sign a player who's been given a qualifying offer, you lose a draft pick. So there's a lot of games that go on with teams. The Atlanta Braves under their GM, Alex Anthopoulos, former Montreal guy with the Expos, they like giving one-year deals to veterans at higher than market rate. Remember when they did that with Josh Donaldson? And then he parlayed that into a long-term deal with Minnesota, which ended up being a mistake by Minnesota. They did that with Marcelo Zuna, and they, for whatever unknown reason, felt the need to give him a long-term deal, which they may end up not having to pay out at all. But the Braves generally like one-year deals, and I love one-year deals. The reason one-year deals are so important is that when you're wrong, you're wrong quickly, and then it's over. When you're wrong on a long-term deal, you could be wrong quickly and it doesn't end for a long time. So you have to revisit your wrongness every single day when you look at your payroll. So if you're going to make a mistake, make it short on a short-term deal. Charlie Morton at 38 years old is not a $20 million pitcher. You can replace his production. You can replace his voice in the clubhouse for under $20 million. 
But when you're the Braves and you see an opportunity, not knowing what the collective bargaining agreement is going to hold, not knowing what's going to happen to the state of qualifying offers. Are there going to be no qualifying offers? Are there going to be actually stricter, harder rules about qualifying offers? Is the number for a qualifying offer going to go up? All of these different possible changes in the new collective bargaining agreement could happen. But the Braves said to Charlie, hey, let's pretend that nothing changes. The qualifying offer rules stay the same. I'm not telling you whether or not I'm going to give you a qualifying offer because we may, we may not. But if you sign right now, it'll be as though we gave you a qualifying offer and you accepted it. So I'm going to give you two weeks to go tamper with all the other teams. See if you can get a multi-year deal that would sway you from leaving the Southeast where he wanted to play to begin with. He wants to be around the Atlanta, Tampa, South, Southern area. So you may only want to call the Nationals, the Marlins, call back the Rays. You're not going to call the Dodgers Padres in theory, but you may want to, and then get back to me. Charlie Morton makes the calls. The agent makes the calls. The tampering happens, and they are told that we are not looking at a multi-year deal for Charlie Morton which would be his 38 and 39 year old year. We are not looking for an AAV average annual value of 20 million. We would be happy to take a look at Charlie Morton at about a five to $8 million base with eight to $10 million in incentives based on health. That's what his market is. The Braves overpaid to bring Charlie Morton back. It's a perfect fit because it's where Charlie wants to be. And the Braves, are winning right now. They view that their run of winning divisions is not ending because they don't think the Phillies and Mets will get their act together and the Nationals are rebuilding and the Marlins are the Marlins. So there's zero downside for both sides to do a deal. When you see a deal signed in the middle to end of a season, the way Charlie Morton just did, here we are in the middle of September, it's for one reason only. It is the true win-win deal where there is no desperation on either side. Nothing personal pick of the day. Ooh, we won last night. Did you take the Astros? We're hot again. We're 113 and 94. Astros beat the Mariners. I told you McCullers is good. We have a very big game to watch tonight. I'm watching the Blue Jays who are H-O triple T against the Yankees who are N-O triple T. The Yankees have Garrett Cole going tonight against former Met Steven Matz. I am having a bonus wait to see that I actually believe in strongly. Please note it, Matthew. If the Yankees lose tonight, they will not make the playoffs. If Garrett Cole cannot pitch well coming off the best start of his season, remember he had 15 Ks, 32 swings and misses, the Yankees have lost four games in a row. They can't score. They can't win. Their only pitcher, forget Kluber, forget Montgomery. I like him fine. Forget Talon. Garrett Cole is their only hope. The Blue Jays are on their heels. The Red Sox are on their heels. The Yankees are streaky, streaky teams do not win rings. But if they lose tonight with Garrett Cole, they're done. They're done. There's so much infighting going on right now, by the way with the Yankees. Aaron Boone actually had to give a quote. 
I have to read this to you because I was fascinated by it. Joey Gallo, that great trade line acquisition, which everyone applauded how great it is that the Yankees got Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. And we said, why aren't they getting pitching? They got Andrew Heaney. All he does is give up runs. I'm not sure Andrew Heaney would, is going to stay on that roster for too much longer. They certainly don't start him anymore. And even when he, they're relieving him, he's giving up runs. Nothing to do with what a great guy you are, Andrew. You're just not effective anymore right now. Joey Gallo has been horrid since he joined the Yankees. A couple of home runs. That's very nice. But that's about it. Aaron Boone, when asked about Joey Gallo, gave a quote that makes me worried about how Booney's doing. I feel like for most of the time he's been here, even when he hasn't been getting a lot of hits, I feel like he's on a lot of pitches, like he's recognizing a lot of pitches. That's code word. When your manager or your GM say, man, this guy is recognizing pitches. He's just not getting lucky. He's not getting the bounces. We really don't mean that. Nine out of 10 baseball players. Here's a little secret for you that you may not have known. Nine out of 10 major league hitters are guessing at the plate. They don't have the ability to so quickly recognize what the pitch is out of the way Barry Bonds could, where he could tell you within a milli, milli, millisecond, whether it's got spin, whether it's a fastball, four-seamer, two-seamer, where it's going. It's just his eyes were that good. Remember, we told you that players are guessing where the ball is going to be. They're guessing what the pitch is. And when there's foreign substances on the ball, the ball's not even anywhere near where it's supposed to be, even when they guess right. But what we like to say is he recognizes a lot of pitches. Yeah, he doesn't. He's guessing. But then Boone continued. I feel like in the last few games, he's maybe chasing the result. Chasing the result is the expression we use when players are struggling, they're slumping, and they're desperate to get a hit. They're desperate to get a home run because Gallo is a feast or famine. They're desperate to help the team who traded for them, knowing that he's not a free agent. They neither. He's got another year that he's going to be a Yankee, not wanting to get booed, not wanting to be unpopular, wanting to help the team finally get back to the World Series. And he just has not helped at all. Chasing the result is chasing the home run or chasing the base hit. Aaron Boone continued to say, when you expand more than you normally would, that means you swing at pitches you normally wouldn't swing at. Because you want a result, you want to get a hit, instead of controlling the, pot, the process, that's when you know you have a problem. So Aaron Boone said, I got to make sure he continues to focus on his process and not the result. That's manager speak. And we'll talk to the managers about saying things like that because we don't want you, the fan, to know that we are purely about results. Like you don't know that anyway. Like you think we're hiding the fact that we are a results-driven business. Is there any other business you can think of other than every one of them that is results-driven? Hey, we just love what we do. We don't really care if we sell any, any of what we make because we just love the process of putting it together and having kumbaya, playing some ping pong, ping pong, maybe some air hockey. But you know what? If we sell stuff, we sell stuff. If we don't, we don't. I've never heard that before. What about when you run a sports team? Hey, we're just happy that our guys knew the plays. 
We're happy that our guys knew the batting order. We're happy that our guys in the huddle knew when we called 54 Omaha right, left, center, that they knew what route to run. It'd be amazing if he would have caught the ball, but we're not as focused on the results. We want to focus that he ran the right route. We want to focus that we read the offense well. We knew what set they were in. We didn't make the tackles and we lost 48 to 10. But ooh, did I like the process. We use that all the time. It's so funny to me. When you are the Yankees, there is only one thing that people care about. When you are the Marlins, there's only one thing that people care about. The Orioles, the Texans, the New York Rangers, the Texas Rangers, every single team. All you care about is the result. The Yankees are put in a position right now where they have to focus on nothing but the result. And for Boone to give a quote that it's okay, that it's a thrill, that he's not focused on the result or that he's focusing too much on the result, but he wanted to focus on the process. That's code word for, oh my God, if he doesn't start getting better results soon, we are in deep, deep trouble. I wanted to end the show today with a explanation of Rosh Hashanah. Don't turn it off, even if you're not Jewish. Give me two minutes of your time. Today is Rosh Hashanah, and I don't take your time for granted, by the way. Last night was the first night. It's the new year, the Jewish new year. As a, as a Jew myself, I celebrate December 31st, but I also celebrate Rosh Hashanah. And when I was in baseball and we'd have a home game, I would try not to schedule home games on Rosh Hashanah. I try to schedule only night games on Rosh Hashanah, if possible. Succeeded almost all the time because in the morning, you go to temple if you so choose, or you just think about it. It's not a celebration where you get hammered like a rate like our December 31st. It's more of a contemplative holiday where you think about the year that you've had. Asking for forgiveness comes at Yom Kippur, which is next week, for all the mistakes you've made. But this is the time period where you celebrate the fact that it's a new year. Think about your last year. Think about your next year. And I spent some time last night and this morning thinking about the new year and the last year, thinking about how lucky I am to have you all in my life. And it sounds crazy because you may say, well, you're not in my life. I don't know you. You don't know me. We communicate on social media. We communicate through a microphone, me staring at a camera, not knowing, worrying how many of you are listening every day, building that audience. And then I was really thinking about the year that I had personally, professionally, the year that our country had. And for one day, I would like everyone to be Jewish. Let's take today and make this the start of a great 12-month period. It's just business. That's our show. Sort of nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.